What really happens to us when we lay our head on our pillows and try to call it a night for sleep? When we surrender to that vulnerable state? What happens with us, our bodies, the space around us? We explore that in one isolated incident, and so we begin. My fingers are still trembling. I have no idea what I should do now. How long has it been? Maybe an hour and a half? All I know is I can't set foot in that apartment again. I'm typing this from the library. I have no else from where to tell the story right now. I've been living in that apartment for nine years now, by myself. There's a lot of stuff in there that I would love to have and I hate to leave behind. But it may be my only choice now. Let me back up for a second. I suffer from chronic sleep apnea. For those who don't know, sleep apnea is a condition in which you stop breathing periodically throughout the night. Sometimes you go without oxygen for so long that your brain has to wake you up intermittently to force you to start breathing again. It is a deadly condition, or so I've been told. But I've been reluctant to see a doctor about it. What I wouldn't give for a doctor right about now. Last week, my curiosity got the better of me. I was well aware that I was snoring, and it was bad. So bad, in fact, my two friends with whom I had been rooming with in a hotel a few months back had to wake me up because they thought I was dying. I decided then that maybe if I set up a camera and tried recording the sound of my own snoring, the shock of hearing said sound may be enough to make me want to see a doctor. Little did I know just what a shock awaited me. After the first night of recording, I woke up bleary-eyed as usual, stumbled over to the camera and ejected the tape. I went about my usual morning routine of spreading butter over my soon-to-be microwave frozen pancakes. The tape finished rewinding a bit sooner than I had expected, so... Over the microwave buzzing, I proceeded to press the play button. I was gonna, it was going to take some time to get to the point of the tape where it actually fell asleep after consciously pressing record on the camera the night before. So I punched the fast-forward button. There was no need to watch the TV as there's be nothing worth seeing. It was more the sound I was concerned about than anything. The usual bars of distorted static danced across the screen in such a way that would soon be unrecognizable to a generation growing up in an age where VCRs were all but extinct. In between the distorted bars, though, I could still make out the black silhouette of my body lying in bed against the dark orange backdrop of the wall, which was slightly illuminated by a street lamp outside. I went about putting the pancakes out of the microwave and set them on the counter with one hand, with Mrs. Buttersworth ready to fire on the other hand. And that's when it caught my eye. On the television, my silhouette was sitting up in bed. Mrs. Buttersworth crashed to the floor, dispersing her contents onto my feet before I even knew what was happening. I hurriedly rushed to clean up the mess to get the remote as quickly as I could, punched the rewind button back to about a minute before the point in which my silhouette sat up in the bed. I shuddered at the thought of what I was about to hear. I turned up the volume up on my television and listened closely, having completely forgotten about my breakfast already. There was the usual song of logs that my mother used to call it, accompanied by a few nasal snorts and almost sounded like belching. And actually, the sound was my swollen uvula, resisting as I gasped for air. But it was definitely worse than I'd realized, but I was still waiting for that moment. I'm not sure why I flinched when it happened. I knew it was coming, yet still I had no memory of having done it. I told myself, you don't always have to remember what you do in your sleep. Usually are hardly even aware of it. The snoring subsided a little bit, no doubt, because I had to have been regaining some slight consciousness. 
but the true shock had yet to come as the silhouette spoke. Can you hear me? The voice was unrecognizable to me. It was a low, gravelly voice that told a tale of cigarettes by the thousands. I haven't smoked for five years. I can only imagine how bad things would have gotten if I kept on. The silhouette spoke again with more urgency. Can you hear me? Was I dreaming? To whom was I speaking? My ability to recollect the events of the dreams had fallen by the wayside in recent years. There was little reason to believe this was going to make any sense. I see you listening. Answer me. I know it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Surely he wasn't speaking to me, his future self. I have... I had to have been having some kind of delusions in my sleep. That had to be it. There was no other explanation, I thought to myself. Oh, there's an explanation, all right, he responded. With that, the sound of the mattress shifting could be heard. He was turning to get out of bed. I stopped the tape. I didn't record anything for the next two weeks, nor did I manage to make time for the doctor. I threw myself into work. I stayed busy. I even managed to make it out to the gym a few times. I watched my eating more closely. I erased the tape. By the 10th or 11th day, I'd almost forgotten to the point where I was making through an entire day with even so much thinking about it. By the time two weeks had passed, life was pretty much back to normal. Unfortunately, as memories tend to pass, so do the emotions associated with them, and as my fear slowly dissipated, curiosity again crept its way in. I thought maybe this one night had been just an anomaly. Maybe I'd just gotten back up to go to the bathroom, and that's probably what woke me up to begin with. I concocted all sorts of excuses and theories to what might actually have happened that night. So for the second time, I set the camera, pressed record, and with surprising little trouble, fell into another wondrous sleep. I arose the next morning and was quickly spurred to action, but not by invigoration. It was more so the side of my camera, which was lying on the side of the floor. The entire tripod was tripped over. Another overnight bathroom break, perhaps? Whatever it was, I was anxious to find out. With pancakes in tow, syrup already added, I sat down, a little apprehensive, but content that I had reasonably figured out what had happened last time. I reached the beginning of the tape and started to fast forward through the first few minutes of me actually getting to sleep. The familiar dancing static bars and my silhouette against the dark orange wall scrolled in vertical vertigo like stacked symbols on a slot machine. I heard a bloop on my computer nearby and rolled over to give it a look. It was an instant message from my friend John about the upcoming get-together. I formulated a quick reply and cut the first pancake with my fork. Just as I was putting the first piece in my mouth, I glanced over at the television. My face was covering the entire screen, half obscured by darkness. My eyes were wide open, teeth bared, and a look of pure, inhumane terror. My hands fidgeted a hundred miles an hour as I struggled to press the play button on the remote. The sound was almost inhuman as the look on my face. I couldn't tell whether I was laughing or in excruciating pain. The sound was much like that I often heard by zombies in video games or certain more popular television shows. I could hear every flap of my uvula as my other self growled at the camera. The growl slowly turned to words and at first sounded like, help me, and then changed to, I'm coming for you, I'm coming. I was frozen in my seat, I couldn't move, I was petrified. Just then I heard a loud clunking from the bedroom behind me. At this point, I sprung into action but I couldn't even tell you now that I was that it was who was doing and what I was doing. I wasn't acting on any logical sense of any kind. It was pure gut instinct. I opened the door to my bedroom just in time to see a completely covered up lump in my mattress, about the same size as me. Suddenly, the covers flung wide open, but I could only barely see 
It happened as I shut the door and ran past my still growling face on the TV screen, bare feet and all, straight out to my car. All I know is, it's a good thing I keep my keys in my car. Otherwise, I'd be out there running somewhere with no shoes. I'm surprised they haven't thrown me out of the library already. I only have about 10 minutes left on this computer and $45 in these pants. And with any luck, I can make it out to my sister's place in Euclid. If anyone happens to see this, though, there are the events exactly as I recall them. I pray this is not the start of a pandemic, but merely one isolated incident. Hmm. And so we end. Um, pandemic's an interesting uh, footnote to make you think about, but more realistically, I'm kind of wondering about like, are we dealing with some duality, like another, like a mirror clone type situation from one layer of existence to another? Um, it seems that what appeared to be the case before was some kind of dark passenger situation where he gives up control of his body to his other self, but now we're seeing two versions. So it makes me wonder, what do you guys think? What do you think it could be? Always wonder what you guys have on your minds as well when these things happen. And, uh, as always, take care.